Hallelujah. Well, good, good morning, everybody, online and in person. So good to have everybody this morning. You can stay standing if you want to in, in, the, in, the, in the house. Uh, we're about to start our service. Uh, first of all, I want to wish everybody, uh, let me rephrase that, I want to wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. Can I have an amen? Um, if you're, a, I still, I always tell everybody happy Mother's Day. Um, there's a time when my dad was kind of my mama too. Uh, there's a lot of dads who are mamas. Amen. During that time, there's a lot of moms who need to be given a happy Father's Day because during times they, they have to fill that role too and thank God for it. We ought to just have happy parent day, but then again, that's just too woke. Can I have an amen? I ain't doing that. Uh, thank God for mamas and thank God for daddies. Uh, and thank God my mama was not a birthing person. Can I have an amen? According to the word of God, she's a, she's a mother. And so we bless you. We thank God for you. I'm going to open up with prayer. We're going to jump in. We've had a couple schedule hiccups, but uh, uh, the way we do worship, but uh, we want to thank God for what we have. want to encourage you during worship, just enter in. Just forget. Don't worry about your week. Don't worry about your month. Don't worry about your bills. Don't be considering any of that. Just give your heart and your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now that your word is the ever-living, ever-breathing source of our life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that your spirit is here, your power is here, and that today we celebrate the risen Lord, the resurrected Jesus, and that he is alive in our hearts. And everybody say amen. amen. And today, Father, we give you this service. We thank you that you will speak to us, that our lives will never be the same, and we will receive a word from the Lord that will alter our life eternally. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. praise him and thank him for all of his goodness and kindness father god in the name of jesus we thank you for this day and for all your blessings we thank you for what you're about to do in this service and we hand it over to you wholeheartedly in jesus name and all the saints said i don't want to be afraid because these times i face the waves i don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm I don't want to fear the storm Peace, be still Say the word and I will Set my feet upon the sea Till I'm dancing in the Peace be still, you are here so it is well Even when my eyes can't see I will trust the voice that speaks oh, we trust you God I'm not gonna be afraid Every time I face the waves I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid And I'm not gonna fear the storm You 
are greater than its roar Yes, he is I'm not gonna fear the storm I'm not gonna fear it all Amen. All the time. Amen. 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 Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Let's sing this, you give. 
You give light, you are love You bring light to the darkness You give hope, you restore Every heart that is broken Great are you, Lord Oh, your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise Pour out our praise It's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise to you You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, yes, he is so good. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you Pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's 
will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Mother's Day, but um, I feel led to do this, and so um, Chris Hamby's in the back. I might need another usher. Maybe Eli can help. Um, I want everybody to get the elements of communion, and I want us to take communion today. Communion is a uh, covenant uh, impartation or partaking. A lot of times, you know, when we say that today, people don't realize what that means, but that means in a covenant, I have a right to receive something. And he has a right to receive something. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a giving and receiving. Um, somebody says, well, what do we give him? Not much. Can I have an amen? We really don't. But who in here knows when you're a parent and that baby's born, you do all the giving. I tell all my kids, I love you way more than you love me. I always will love you more than you love me. And they argue with me. There's no way. I win it, I win it every time. I said, because I loved you when your head was a full of mush at a baby and didn't know anything, I loved you. And I said, since I knew what love is before you did, I love you longer, therefore I love you more. Hush, in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? And God is the same way with us. He has loved us before. I, I need one. I, I need a thing, a, an element. So I want us to receive communion today. And th this is where we're going to do prayer time. And then, thank you, ma'am. And then we're going to pray for um, our, our mothers and bless them. And um, so, um, take the, the the wafer out. Um, now, I want us to to get a memory or a thought right now because this is Mother's uh, Day. But 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 you know, uh, how does a mother become a mama? Can I have an amen? They have a baby, which is a special day. When my mom was still living, she would call me usually on my birthday, April 26th, and she would do something, and I was born about 6.20. And she'd always make the joke. She'd say, she'd say you know, 50 years ago, on the 26th, about 6.20, we were having a lot of fun, weren't we? And I said, well, mama, I don't really remember the move that much. I said, I, I, I don't remember that. I said, uh, if you say we was, we was. But who in here knows that that moment, my mom will never forget. I promise you in heaven, she's going to still talk about it. And my sister used to have to hear how she was in labor for like 
21 hours. Me, it was like eight or 10 hours. My brother, she barely had him, she barely made it to the, to the operating room. You know, he, he, he was born real quick. So, you know, she had always, those dates are memorable. Why? Because there was a significant event that happened. Now, my marriage is that way. March the 12th, 1988, roughly uh, 1-15-20. I said I do, she said I do, we did, and we is. Can I have an amen? And we still is. 35 years later, still is. Now that means something, that date's significant. That's my point, there's a significance to it. And I don't let that moment, I don't let that pass. And who in here knows that any man or any woman who loses the significance of that date can have a problem. And any mother who loses the significance of that date loses the relationship. And when you lose the significance of that moment and that relationship, it changes everything. And I've met people. I, I had a friend one time actually uh, emailed me and we were got talking and uh, talking about all the guilt. Now I didn't know it. And I was like, what's wrong? They said, well, I messed up in my marriage. And this was the, a girl. She, you know, she had messed up. She says, if I could change it, I would. She says, it just, you know, I've messed it all up and I've had to change and move on. What did she do? She lost the significance of that moment. So see, my point is, this is a significant moment we're about to participate in, where we have to believe. Now, if we were all Catholic, Roman Catholic, who in here knows we are Catholic? Because the word Latin Catholic just means the general church. So we are Catholic and I have an amen. Praise God, okay. And, um, you can call me Father Chris. And um, <laughs> um, Catholics, they actually believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, that this becomes the body and the blood of the Lord when they receive it. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't agree with that, but I love that, that their conviction is that this moment is actually so supernatural that it changes them. So no matter what we're going through, what you're going through, believe that when you receive this body and this blood that it's as if Jesus himself is in a significant moment with you and he is ministering to you and giving you life and eternal forgiveness. Can I have an amen? So when we walk out of here in just a moment or I'll have you turn and look at somebody, we don't act the same. Who in here knows mama on baby day don't act the same. Before that, she never had a diaper bag, never had a care, never had a concern, never had a gray hair. Can all the moms say amen? amen. But after them babies come, dear Lord Jesus, give us strength and mercy. We got to have 14 changes of clothes. We got to have bottles. We got to have this. Who in here remembers before you had kids, you just said, let's go to the store. And you went. Now it's like, let's plan the landing invasion of Normandy just to go to Walmart to get groceries. And then when they get bigger, it doesn't get any easier. Lisa used to take Sarah Beth and Molly. It looked like they, had, they were escaped convicts because they would run out. She'd make them spread eagle on the side of the car while she loaded the groceries. She'd keep your hands on that car. Sarah Beth would be wanting to want. Keep your hands. They're like this. I mean, they look like they're about to be locked up. But it was a significant, but it changed them. And when you say, I do, what do you do? You immediately leave, put the ring on. Hasn't nothing changed. No offense. In the old days, that means you hadn't had any relationship yet. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. Everybody does it. Ain't right. Can I have an amen? But they do it. But back then, you know, nothing changed. There's been no significant moment. Yet you'd go to the restaurant, go to the hotel, go somewhere. We're married. This is my wife. 
all of a sudden, all you did was say some words and pass some rings and get some flour thrown at you. Not flour, rice. They used to throw flour way a long time ago. You know why? Rice was too expensive, amen. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but it's significant. So I want you to hold this because this is significant. And I want you right now to close your eyes. No matter what need you have, no matter what issue faces your life. And if you're online, get you some crackers, get you some juice. I've been talking long enough, you should have done both of them. Get, 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 some, get something. And it don't have to be great. I mean, I know it should be fruit of the vine, but if all you got is a soda cracker and a Dr. Pepper, Jesus can anoint that too. The, the question is the faith of your heart. So Father, right now we receive this body. We judge ourselves. Right now, take a moment because in the name of Jesus, we're in his presence. If there's anything in your life you need to repent of, if there's anything in your life you need to get straight, you need to get redeemed, you need to get fixed. If there's anything at all, make it right, right now. Just, under, just quietly before the Lord, just say, Father, forgive me of that. The Bible says in 1 John 1, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just to do that. All you have to do is ask. So Father, we ask you right now, and we thank you, Father, for, for your cleansing power in our life, the washing of the water of your word of Jesus himself in our life. Father, we receive this body broken. If you will break that, we receive your body broken, that the guilt and chastisement of our peace was upon you, that by your stripes we are healed, that every physical need we would have in our bodies, in a carnal sense, in our, in our life, you meet that need in Jesus' name. And we receive it, Father. And Father, we take and we eat of this bread and we do this in remembrance of you. Take and eat of the body of the Lord. Now, Father, in like manner, we take this cup and we recognize that we believe this represents the blood of Jesus applied to our life. If you want to, just take one hand and hold it to your heart. Father, like the Old Testament children of Israel, we apply the blood and thank you, Father, that the blood is applied to the lentils of our house, to the, to the, to the doorway of our heart. You said if any man, that you stand at the door and knock, and if any man will, you'll come in and you'll sup with us. So, Father, we open our heart. We thank you that you come in and have relationship with us, that you give us forgiveness, cleansing. You take all the black sin, all the stains of sin, you wash it with the blood, and you bring us out as fresh wool, clean before you. Not covered by the blood, we are washed by the blood. And we thank you, Father. And we receive your sanctifying power of the blood of Jesus into our life in Jesus' name. So we take this cup, we remember you, and we drink. Take and drink of the blood of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now do me a favor. Hold your hands up and just thank God right now. Worship him for a moment. If you're a guest with us and you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. If you're at home and don't feel fine, that's fine. I can't see you. I got my eyes closed anywhere. I can't see anybody right now. Father, we thank you right now. Lift your voice up though. Lift your voice up and thank him. Thank him for healing. Thank him for delivering. 
Thank you for his grace. Thank you for his goodness. Thank you that he meets your needs. Thank you that your needs are met. Thank you that you're, um, that you're saved, that you're going to heaven. Father, we thank you right now. We give you glory and honor. We praise you, Father God, because you are good and your mercy endures forever. That we were in the depths of sin, you still saved us. When we were in the depths of despair, you still cry out to us and tell us to not give up. That you are always working in our behalf. Always working in our behalf, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Give me a good amen on that. Amen. amen. Now do me a favor. It's it in Family Sunday, but turn around, find somebody you don't know, hug them, greet them, somebody you hadn't seen. I'm doing this for totally for selfish reasons. I, um, you can be seated if you want to. Oh my gosh, I still have people hugging and greeting. Can I have an amen? It's like wildcats. Can I have an amen? You can't, you can't. But thank God for it. Who in here knows about three years ago you couldn't do that? We didn't even wave at each other. Can I have an amen? I don't know what was wrong with it. We just, you know, three years ago you couldn't even, couldn't even make eye contact. You might get, might get a COVID. And um, I heard a guy say the other day, he kept calling it the COVID. Cracked me up. Guy's only in his 60s, but he kept calling it the COVID. Molly, I used to do this to irritate my kids, the YouTube. Have we watched the YouTube lately? <laughs> have we been on the Facebook? Can I have an amen? Uh, today is a Mother's Day, and uh, Michael is going to pray over our mothers, and uh, uh, he has a passage he'd like to read, and so uh, I'm just going to turn it over to him and let him go. Good morning, church family. My name is Michael Lipsy. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my mom passed away in 1974 when I was 14 years old. So I never really had a chance to grow up with a mom. And so I want to honor all the moms today. And this is called, What is Success? What is success? To laugh often and much. To win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children. To learn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to have the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is what success is. And mothers, I honor you today because you have touched everyone in some kind of way and fashion. Father God, we thank you right now for the mothers who have selflessly given of themselves, Lord God, to raise families, Lord God, to pour out love, to 
comfort when comfort is needed, Lord, and encouragement when encouragement is needed, a loving arm. Father, for the mothers who have cried tears over lost children who have come back to find the Lord Jesus. Father, we just honor all these mothers today, and we thank you, and we praise you for the life that you have poured out on them that they may pour their life out on others. And we thank you in Jesus' name. I, I want to do one more thing if I can. Um, Father, in Jesus' name, for anybody who's lost their mother, for anybody who has had that loss, we thank you, Father, that your grace is more than enough. Uh, Father, for all of us whose mother's gone on home to be with you, we thank you, Father, that your grace gives us hope that we will be reunited. And whenever um, that moment comes, whenever uh, grief overtakes us, that, Father, your spirit will be there. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So where hurt abounds, your grace abounds also. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you minister to everyone. And, Father, help everyone appreciate their mother. But, Father, minister to those whose mothers passed on. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Love Hallelujah. Give me some background music. Too quiet in here. I need me some. I need me some rhythm. I need some grooving. Can I have an amen? If uh, if you're a first, second, third guest with us, wow, that got bright. My gosh, y'all look like people. Can I have an amen? Amen. Is that is that normal? No, that's not normal. That's not normal. That's too bright. Jesus is not pleased. Can I have an amen? That's just too. Not here. You'd be pleased. Jesus don't care. If you um, uh, got your Bibles, you can. Uh, I'm just going to read this passage here. This is just for an offering, uh, not just for offering, but, but to encourage your faith and offering. And um, most people know this verse uh, as we get ready to give. If you're a first, second, third time guest with us, uh, we bless you and we thank you for being with us. If this is your first time online, we bless you and thank you for being with us. There's a QR code that's going to come up in just a moment. There's also a connection card in front of you. Uh, if you would take a moment and fill out a connection card or the online QR code, uh, in the, on the video. I don't know where that one's at, but anyway, uh, especially if you're inside, if you've changed your address in church, uh, please let us have it. Uh, I've been doing this 35 years. It hits me. It cracks me up. I've been actually been preaching 37 years, I should say. And it cracks me up. I've had people fuss at me because we didn't let them know what was going on. And yet they had changed their phone number or their address or their email. And we had no idea. And I'm like, is this your number? Well, no, I haven't had that number in a while. And I'm like, how many times have I asked to keep us updated? Amen. And we, we try to work hard at that. Uh, John, John 3.16 says for a very familiar verse, for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say gave. gave. He, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know that's a salvation verse usually, but I always loved the principle of this, is that those things that you love, you give to. You give to. Now, um, last night, I don't know if I shared this with everybody in the thing, but we had intercessory prayer last night, prayer, second Saturday prayer, and a um, number of prayer requests. Well, one of them was my son's. My son was at work Friday night, or Thursday night, Thursday night, I think it was, Friday night, whatever night. And uh, he has a toolbox. He's a Delta airplane mechanic where they have to supply their own tools. His toolbox is probably close to $3,000 of tools in a little thing that he just carries with him. And um, he put it on the back of a truck and he has no idea where it went. Bounced out, gate fell down. And he was just most pitiful thing, hurt me. 
And so he called us to tell us about it. And, you know, and he made the comment. He said, well, if this had happened at a good time, who in here knows there's never a good time to lose $3,000 worth of tools? There's never a good time to lose $3,000 ever. Amen. Who in here would just say, well, I don't mind losing $3,000 tomorrow. I get paid. Nobody's going to say that. And so I thought, but, but he was just, and I told him, I said, well, don't give up. Don't, you know, whatever. And uh, we prayed, me and him prayed on the phone. I told him, I said, I said, son, I said, the angels of God are gonna go forget it. I said, we command them in Jesus' name. We prayed. But he was still, I said, well, son, believe. He said, well, I hope I find them. I said, don't hope, believe. There's a difference in believing. So all last night we had prayer and stuff and I thought him several times. I just said, Father, I think of those angels. So about, it was probably about one when I was going to bed. I asked him, I said, uh, I said have your tools found you? Because my prayer was not that he would find them but the angels of God would get those tools and bring them to him. And thank God, he wrote about five or six and I was asleep. He said, found them. So we got his tools, amen. But now here's the thing. At five, six o'clock yesterday when I, he told me he needed tools, guess what I was gonna do? I was gonna figure a way to find out, find whatever he needs to get tools. Why? Cause I love him. And when you love somebody, you'll do something. Now, Molly one day was used to hit me up to get the Disney Channel so she could watch movies. And I looked at her and I said, honey, you're in your 20s. You have a full-time job. You can buy Disney if you want to. Can I have an amen? Well, then Jackson came along and Bluey came out. Who's ever seen Bluey? Bluey's a great, funny show. If you, if you're, if you don't have kids or grandkids, you need to watch Bluey. Bluey's just funny. Bluey's a great show. And uh, when I'm watching Bluey, it's, well, it's been great up to now. If you're watching this later, we don't know how Bluey's gonna stay the course, but anyway, right now. And um, Lisa looked at me and she said, we ought to maybe get Disney so, when, so Jackson can watch Bluey. You know what I did? I whipped my cell phone out. I didn't even wait to get home. I got my cell phone out and I'm doing stuff and I'm just, they're talking, we're, we're talking about, we don't go to Dark no more. Uh, we're talking, we're typing, I'm typing, I'm typing. So all of a sudden Molly goes, you did not just sign up to Disney. I said, why, coincidentally, I just did. I have been asking for months for you to sign up to Disney. Why have you not? I said, there's a reason. Because I love him. Can I have an amen? I said, more importantly, I didn't actually say that. I said, there's a reason I haven't signed up to Disney. You have a job. Jackson does not. I said, and I love him enough that I'm gonna make sure I minister to him and bless his life. Can I have an amen? Why? Cause I loved, I gave. So when it comes to love, don't ever, ever let bitterness or whatever stop you from giving. It's hard sometimes to give to certain people. Can I have an amen? amen. But who in here knows that's how you truly minister to people. Nobody, when that verse was written, had ever been born again. Because Jesus hadn't died. Which means, in a sense, there's not any hope, in a sense, other than God's faith alone, that anybody would receive what Jesus did. You ever think about this? All humanity could have looked at God and said, we do not receive. And yet God still gave Jesus. Who in here knows why he did it? Because he expected a return. He expected to receive a harvest. God, that's how God operates. So as we get ready to give, I want to just encourage you, if you need an offering envelope, there are ways to give on the screen. And as you get ready to give, I'm going to uh, uh, share a couple things. One, hey David, 
I, I, we got to share that testimony. And um, if, if you're watching online and you want the, this 101 healing scriptures on healing, we're teaching on healing on Wednesday nights. Um, if you need healing, oh, where'd the music go? I'll keep it going. I need that. It makes me just kind of feel, kind of have an amen. You know I mean? And, um, but if you want the 101 healing scriptures on healing uh, to, to build your faith, uh, I'd encourage you to get that. Uh, but if you, if you have your offering envelope or, or however you want to give, hold that in your hand as we get ready to pray. Now I'm going to throw this out. I'm throwing this out. Okay. Uh, this is church family. This is online. Um, uh, it has, um, 2020 was a good year for us as a church financially. 2021, somewhere in 2022, into 2022, everything got tight. Of all my pastor friends that we talk and we talk business and we talk church and you know we get real honest with each other. Who in here knows some pastors, they don't ever get honest with each other. Praise God, we're running between eight and a thousand. Well, some people mean that might mean you're running 800 to a thousand. Well, we run between eight and a thousand. Can I have an amen? We always have at least eight. Who in here? I could say I run between eight and 10,000. That's a legal statement. But it's really not truthful in a sense. Has everybody got that? And so, but me and some pastor friends, we're real truthful with each other. And we'll just say, you know, it's tight, it's hard. This is, you know, aggravating. And uh, the last year, it's been tight financially for our church. And um, I think there's some reason to explain that. But most pastors I know say the same thing. Say it's just been weird. COVID hit, had more money than we could know what to do with. That 2020. 2021, first part of 2022, just everything great. But around the middle of 2022, into 2022, it just tightened up. And I think some of that's inflation. I think some of that. So who in here knows what we do? We use our faith, we pray, and we believe. Now as a church, we've got a couple needs um, that we got coming up. And so I'm asking you to pray about it. I'm asking you to believe with me for God to meet that need. And if God speaks to you to give, we're gonna keep it separate in our building fund. Uh, I think right now we need about $5,600 to repair the septic tanks. Who in here knows you need septic tanks? Can I have an amen? Actually, it's called a pump station. And uh, what's funny is when we moved in this building 10 years ago, the septic system didn't even work, had never worked for the original church that had built this building because they had never paid to put in the pumps that we've used for the last 10 years. And we paid, Grace Summit paid I forget what it was, a couple thousand dollars to get those pumps installed. In fact, those pumps were still in the original plastic paper. And we somehow we found, Pastor Chris Hamby found the plumber and he said, oh yeah, he goes, I did that plumbing job. He goes, I've never finished it out. He says, I didn't get paid for that, so I never installed that. So we thank God we paid for it, it's working good, but it needs to be repaired. And so there's that. Uh, there's a couple roof issues, there's that. It, it all comes down to um, some AC issues we've had to have repaired. It all comes down to about $8,600 in total. Now, here's something that I've done before, and I'll do it again. I believe in Grace Summit. I've actually borrowed almost $10,000 to do stuff here at the church because we didn't have it, and it's important for me to us to keep going. And somebody says, well, what's, what are you going to do if the church folds? Church ain't going to fold. As long as I'm breathing, we ain't folding. Can I have an amen? We're going to fight it through because Jesus is faithful. Can I have an amen? Now, if Jesus tells me to go do something else, I'm out. Can I have an amen? Because I don't want to be out of the will of God. I wouldn't want anybody else to either. So I just encourage you to pray with me about that. Pray that. And the other thing that we need is we need a worship leader. Um, I miss Molly. Can everybody say amen? Uh, Molly used to tell me that nobody came to the church to hear me preach. They only came to hear her lead worship and they endured my preaching. 
Uh, me and Molly have a great relationship built upon love and edification. Can I have an amen? We say things to encourage each other. <laughs> Molly gives me more grief. Still does, and I love it. And uh, but thank God God's blessing her so good, so good. She got a promotion, and she's doing so well. And I'm thankful for what God's doing in her life. But we still need to, you know, and I don't mind using videos of Molly. I, it still blesses me, and um, um, no, that never has bothered me. But um, I'm still believing for God to bring this someone here. So be praying for that. Can I have an amen? Everybody say amen. amen. Give me a good amen. And, uh, and, and so I'm going to pray. And so I'm going to hold my phone like I usually do. We give through Cash App. Hold, hold however you're giving. Cash App, your, your, your check, your envelope. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for the opportunity to give into the kingdom and into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just covenant ourselves and thank you, Father, that you meet every need of every individual in this church, that every individual of this church and everybody online, you supernaturally, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, provide provisions in every way, uh, whether it be uh, spiritual, uh, soulish, physical, uh, financial or social, Father, you meet our need. You always meet our need. Everybody say that with me. You meet my needs in Jesus name and father we just cast every care over on you thank you father that you meet the needs of this church that every bill's paid that everything works in Jesus name and that uh, father that you do all things well and we just thank you father that you bring growth that you bring people that you help us minister thank you father for the recent testimonies online thank you father for the recent testimonies of our members ministering to other people and we thank you father for it in Jesus name so father we say that you're good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. God bless you as you come forward to give. David, leave me a little bit of background music playing and run up here. Is this on? Okay. I know as, as, as you bring your offerings up, as you bring the multitudes of thousands of dollars, can I have an amen? I always joke with the, the counters. I said, how long is it going to take to count money? I say hours. Can I have an amen? Well, I'm, I'm believing for the day when it takes hours for the counters to count money, and we have to have the Brinks truck pick it up. Can I have an amen? With armed guards walking out there to save the money. But um, David had just such a great testimony this week, so I wanted him to share it with you, because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So a year ago, I met a young lady at a conference that I was at, and we've just become Facebook friends. And last week, she asked, not last week, a couple months ago, she asked everybody pray for her husband. Had no clue what was going on. But I asked Pastor for a copy of the 101 Healing Scriptures so I could send it to her. Can you hear me? No, no. Can you hear me? Yeah. No. It's muted, Mike. Um, I asked... Oh, there we go. Praise the Lord. I asked Pastor Damn. to send me a copy of the 101 Healing Scriptures. Back up, back up. Start all the way from the beginning. Make sure because okay. the video wouldn't get it either. So I met a lady at a conference that I was at with the School Nutrition Association, and we become Facebook friends. A couple months back, she posted that she would like for everybody to pray for her husband, and I felt led to share the 101 Scriptures, so I asked Pastor for a copy. If you need a copy, ask him, and he'll email them to you. <laughs> email um, And I shared them with her, um, and then... Just this past Thursday, she asked me if she could share something with me. Um, she said, I have something I want to share with you. God is amazing. And she said, it'll take just a moment to explain. So she sent me an image of 
a CEA marker test, which is a test that her husband had done showing that he had cancer. She said that a marker above 300 meant that he was, he actively had cancer and that it was eating and killing him. So his score was 638. Um, she said, people started praying and you shared the scriptures with me. She said, we went through one round of chemo and we stayed firm in our faith and continued to read and pray the scriptures that you shared with us. I'm trying to see the date. So that was on 327. On 417, he went back to the doctor and done the marker test again. And his count had dropped from 168, I mean, from 689 to 159.3. She said, even his doctor said, this is not chemo. Chemo doesn't work like this. It's more than this. It's something else. Um, she said, wow, that is God. And she said, we continued to read the scriptures and prayed. Um, and I had emailed her a prayer that I prayed over. Um, and she shared with me the marker test that he got last Monday, uh, May 8th. And his cancer's markers were at 38.9. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Anything else? Can I have a good amen? Who in here knows the Word of God always works and it's always powerful and um, changes your life? If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Um, I'm going to watch my time. I miss starting at 10 o'clock uh, because we always beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Can I have an amen? <laughs> And I uh, may have to go back to 10 o'clock. Um, I'm just, I really wouldn't mind going back to 10 o'clock. Um, we'll have to pray about that. Um, I know all the early people. Hey man, hey man, real quick. You know, just calm down out there. First Samuel chapter 30, uh, we're gonna uh, minister again on this topic. And um, rising above defeat. And I'm, I'm just gonna take a, a, and I'm gonna really watch my time. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're gonna, I'm not going to preach as long as normal. We've had a good day, and, um, and I thank God for it. But I, I want to share this with you. This is a David at Ziklag, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. In verse 2 and verse 3, it talks about how all the women had been taken captive, all the children had been taken captive, everything had basically been stolen, and... Um, it's in a bad day. It says, then David, verse four, and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep because they've lost everything. David's two wives, verse five, Hanoam and Abigail had been taken captive. Verse six says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved for every man. But then it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then verse seven and eight. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Abimelech's son, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And everybody say amen. amen. Now, the, the ephod was an outer garment that the priest wore. But it actually had um, stones that were used for hundreds and hundreds of years to help divine or dis ascertain the will of God. And uh, they, they would actually, we would call it almost like casting lots or rolling dice. And they believed for God to be there. Now, it, they, they used it for years and then it dropped off. And so it really almost drops off at the same time where um, 
Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians um, came into uh, Israel and basically sacked it, destroyed it. And so we don't really know what it is. There, there's some people who have made models of it and uh, their ideas of it, but it was one of the true ways that God spoke to his people back then. Now, let me ask you this. This is just for fun. Don't answer this because most of us would answer it wrong. Wouldn't it be great to have something like, a, like some lights that you could shake and find out the will of God? Now, most of us would say yes, but that's an error because we don't have the Spirit of God with us we have the Holy Spirit in us, so we have a greater revelation of the Spirit of God in our day. We don't need rocks to tell us what to do. What do you do if you ain't got the rocks? And in this case, David didn't have them. Even though as a king, he did have a portion of the Spirit of God on him because the priest, the prophet, and king received an anointing, he still went to the ephod, and the ephod there represents the word of the Lord. It represents God himself. It's almost like my chaplain badge. I have a chaplain badge with Henry County. Doesn't really mean I'm a police officer at all. Can I have an amen? I'm supposed to show up and pray. But if I'm a citizen, you don't know what you're going to get. Can I have an amen? Okay. So, but at the same time, that badge, for, especially for a police officer, represents something. It represents. Now, use this. Tony, one of our members, he, he actually works for the Department of Homeland Security. Um, he actually... Uh, had a retina detached, and thank God they've attached it, and he's recovering, so pray for him and believe for him. Also, Joe Collins, pray for him, too. He, poor, Satan's attacked him, had two heart attacks, he's about 40 years old. That's young, can I have an amen? And uh, he's having to wear a shock vest, and uh, believing for God's healing in him, and he's doing better, amen? But both of those guys, especially Tony, he's a police officer. When he stands up and with the, with the badge, it represents something. And that representation is called power of attorney. Now, David knew that if he could get to the ephod, that represents all the power of God himself, and he could ask a question. So he asked a question, which I think smart. I don't know about y'all. There's a part of me, I'm thinking this is a stupid question. That's just me thinking. David said, please bring. And David replied, shall I pursue the troop or shall I overtake them? Well, you take my stuff, I'm gonna pursue. Can I have an amen? I'm not going to just sit there and say, well, there's Lisa, Sarah Beth, and Molly. I guess they're gone. And they took my F-250 truck. I guess we just need to move on. No. But who in here knows that just because it is what I'm going to say the understood thing to do, you ought to find out if it's the God thing to do. And he did that. David asked of the Lord, shall I pursue shall I overtake? And who in here knows what the word of the Lord was? We just read it. It says here, and he answered him and said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. Everybody say that. Recover all. Now, that is a great word from the Lord. Now, here's my point for today. If you are trying to get out of defeat, and especially defeat mindset, you need to know, I'm gonna say this real loud so everybody pays attention. I'm gonna look at the camera. You need to know what the word of the Lord is. Cause one word from God changes everything about your life. And you might sit and say, well, Pastor Chris, I don't have a word from the Lord. I don't know what to do. Everybody has a word from the Lord. It doesn't mean that God spoke to you supernaturally. And it could mean God spoke to you supernaturally. 
But everybody has a word to act on. Don't get so happy because of good preaching. Can I have an amen? Everybody has a... Now, I've used this three times in one day, and it's funny. That's how God works with me, some stuff. Who in here knows? Who in here knows how to lose weight? Say amen. Knows how to raise kids? Say amen. Know the secret to a happy marriage? Say amen. Know how to save money? Say amen. Know how to take care of lawn equipment? Say amen. Know how to take care of cars? Say amen. You know the problem with most of us? We don't do it. I know how to lose weight. I've done it many times. Can I have an amen? (laughs) I remember years ago, I was weighing about 250. Well, maybe a little more than I am right now. (coughs) Or something like that. And I was drinking probably four pots of regular coffee a day, which was a blessed time in my life. Can I have an amen? I miss those days. But I was drinking Coffee Mate, hazelnut creamer, sugar-coated kind. I was drinking two quarts a week. And so I, me and Lisa, we went to her mom's house and that South Beach Diet book came out. And so I'm eating uh, country fried steak, rice and gravy, fried okra and cream corn. Can we all say, thank you, Jesus. Pastor Lisa looked at me and she said, this is the last supper. Tomorrow, life changes. Buddy, it was the last supper. I went to black coffee for about a week. Uh, No carbs, no nothing. I cut out all that creamer. I lost like 18, 20 pounds in two weeks. My secretary walked up to me one day and she goes, can we talk? I said, hey, what's wrong? I said, I figured something. She goes, I'm not trying to be personal. I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm I'm really not. I'm just concerned. I said, what's wrong, Carrie? She goes, are you sick? Do you have cancer? I said, why would you think that? You're losing weight so fast. I was like, thank God Almighty, somebody can see it. Can I have an amen? I always felt like the fat kid anyway as growing up. Man, thank God somebody saw. But I knew before then how to do it. I just didn't do it. I didn't apply that word in my life. Now, I'm, who never has met people and they know to do right, but they don't do it. Now, this here is something that David did. He found out what God told him to do, and he did it. And it changed it, changed him. Now, here's two things I want you to look at whenever God speaks to you. What did he do? He had to tell everybody. We shall overtake, we shall pursue, and we shall recover all. Let's read it again, verse 8. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Now, if in my Bible, them and all are italics, which means that's usually at, that's added by the translators, always added by the translators to help the reading. So you could say this, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and without fail recover. It works out just as good either way. But who in here knows that even though that, that was the word of the Lord to him, David had to act. David had to take steps. Number one, you should always put the word of God first place. Now, I've said this for years. Everybody heard me say it, and I've been preaching on healing on Wednesday nights, and I'm probably, I feel a strong mandate to minister more on healing in the next couple weeks and stuff, so I may do it on Sundays too. Um, But here's something I've never understood. I don't understand this at all. I don't ever say nothing in public about it, especially if I'm in the hospital room. Don't understand this at all. You'll have a born-again, spirit-filled, godly person laying in the hospital about to die. Doctor comes in, tell them they're going to die, and they got Mari Povich or Oprah on. 
a contentious argument on. And yet the Bible says that out of the heart flow the issues of life, the very force of life. And you're gonna stir yourself up with something that's not the word of God and not godly. Don't understand that one bit. You put me in a life or death situation, we're gonna be reading the Bible, quoting the Bible, singing the Bible, singing worship songs. I'm gonna do everything. You know why? Because it has worked for me for 53 years. I'm not giving up on that. Why? The word of God, David just gave a testimony. All they started doing was quoting the word of God, praying the word of God. Well, Pastor Chris, I've been doing that. It hasn't seemed to change. Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you have your Bible turned there, Romans chapter 10, there's a reason why sometimes it don't work in us. And this is something that you can't ever judge anybody else for, but you do have to judge yourself for. Now, I'm gonna say this real quick, and I'm gonna say this kind of passionately. If you're about to take what I'm about to say and apply it to somebody else, you're wrong. And you should never do this. Because you don't know what's in the heart of somebody else. The Bible even says that we do not know what's in the heart of any man. And you know what it says? Actually, it says no one knows what's in the heart of man except the spirit that's in a man which is why God has given us his spirit so that we can freely know all things given unto us by him. So that's why God gave us his spirit because you don't know somebody else's spirit. So don't ever judge, oh, I know if anybody loved Jesus, it's so-and-so. Really? I I know of funerals, funerals where they're giving a funeral for the guy and over here's crying his wife and his kids and in walks his other wife and kids. And yet he was a good church of, church of God, Pentecostal, AG, whatever you want, you know, solid Christian. His wife got so mad at him, got up and started beating the dead body. You don't know what's in anybody's heart. Can I have an amen? But you do know what's in yours. Now see, why, why the reason I'm hammering this is most people will try to use what's in somebody else's life to justify their own life, and you can't ever do that. Every man must work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. I had a guy ask me one time, this is a side, but he asked me one time, we were talking about drinking. He says, can I drink according to the word of God? I said, well, I'm gonna throw this out. I've never done this on a Sunday morning. Don't know why I'm doing it now. I said, according to the word of God, I said, yeah. I said, there's not one verse in the Bible which prohibits and says you can't drink. Thou shalt not drink. I said, but there are bukus of scriptures which give warning to beware of strong drink. I said, but I do have scripture where it says to be not drunk with wine. Now I looked at one pastor one time and I was just being ornery and he said, we should never be drunk. I said, that's only wine. Liquor and beer don't count. Can I have an amen? He looked at me and he said, I, he goes, I never thought of that. I said, you know it don't mean that either. Amen. So I do have scripture for that. He said, well, he goes, so then I can drink. I said, no, you can't. Now I knew his life. He dealt with alcoholism. He never had a drink in moderation. He had a case or two in moderation and then we don't know where he is. So I looked at him, I said, no, you can't drink. He said, well, that ain't fair. I said, buddy, it ain't nothing in life about fair. I said, there's not one scripture in the Bible about fair. Jesus is never fair. Jesus is Jesus. And Psalms 19 says that his righteousness, his righteous judgments are pure. I said, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I said, but the point of the fruit of the spirit is temperance, not abstinence. I said, the problem with you is you've never grown up and known how to handle it. I said, and until you do, it's sin to you. He goes, well, that ain't fair. That ain't right. I said, I don't care if you think it's right or not. I said, it's the word of God. 
I said, again, I can't prohibit you from scripture. I said, but I can prohibit you from your actions. I said, cause I, and I said, I know you, buddy. I said, you don't ever do anything in moderation in this area. True? He goes, yeah. I said, and when you start drinking, we don't know where you are for four or five days. True? He goes, yeah. I said, well, don't you think that's a sign you can't handle this? I said, now, when my son was 14, I wouldn't let him drive a car. I definitely wouldn't let him drive it when it was eight. And when he was 17, after three wrecks, I still wasn't real keen on letting Luke drive a car. Can I have an amen? But once he proved himself, Luke can drive anything I have. Why? He's shown himself mature and temperate. He started living it out. Can I have an amen? Have I, have I lost everybody or are y'all just paying attention? And so he looked at me and he said, well, that don't seem fair. I said, brother, I said, the kingdom of God is never fair. I said, but it is just to you, just, not just to you, but it is righteous to you. I said, why don't you just judge yourself in this area? Because Romans 14 says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I said, if you can't, I said, let's be honest. I said, if you can't drink a beer before Jesus with a full conscience that it's okay, you shouldn't do it. I said, in fact, if you can't do anything with the full conscience that it's okay with Jesus in you or beside you, you shouldn't do it. Thank you for that wealth of enthusiasm from these two people on this right-hand side, but nobody else. Can I have it? You shouldn't do it. That's why we get into mistakes. That's why we get messed up. We go against our conscience. We go against what? What are we going against? What the Word of God has laid out to us. The only time you have success and peace in life is when you follow the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God always promises success and peace. In fact, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Therein you will find your way uh, prosperous and have good success. Can I have an amen? amen? The Word of God always works. Now, I want to throw this out. I'm not encouraging anybody to go out and drink. Can I have an amen? If you leave here and say, Pastor Chris said I could drink because the Word of God says that. No, I didn't say that. Who in here knows that grace is never a license to sin? Never. It is not an excuse. But again, I'm going back to the Spirit. You shouldn't let what other people. I had somebody ask me one time, we were talking. He says, do you believe it's, this is another guy. He said, do you believe it's okay to drink? I looked at him, I said, I said, I said, I'm not even going to come close to answering that for you on a biblical or personal grounds. He said, why? I said, to me, it was the discerning of spirits because I knew it. He told me I was right. I said, because the only reason you're asking me is so you can justify what you want. I said, the only difference is I don't know what you want at the moment. I said, but you just want to know so you can justify your basis. He goes, well, you're right. I said, the difference is I said, you need to discern what the will of God is. I said, because if you don't know it, no matter what I tell you, you're not going to live it. I said, you need to search the scriptures yourself, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I said, and if you aren't willing to do that, I said, you ain't gonna walk it out anyway. I don't know why anybody likes me sometimes. Can I have an amen? I really don't. That's just who I am. I'm sorry. I really don't. I mean, I mean I'm saying it with love. I know it don't come out that way or make me sound that way. I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh. But he looked at, and I said, you know, I said, you just gotta figure that out. You gotta settle that. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, I told you to turn there. But again, don't judge anybody on this. This is something you judge yourself. It says, but what does it say? This is verse eight. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, uh, and Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So it takes both 
a mouth working and a heart working. It always has taken. Now, now here's something that's funny to me, and I never saw this until last year. I still say last, this is the biggest revelation I ever saw last year. It was Proverbs 19, I'm sorry, Psalms 19, where it says that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. For 50-something years, I have quoted that, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth. I always flipped them, and that's wrong, because the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Because you have what you say, and you will eventually believe what you say. Isn't it incredible that Joshua 1.8 says that this book of law shall not depart out of your mouth? Romans 10 right here says, with the heart, man believes in righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. But if you read that one right before that, it says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It has to be in both places. Only you can judge whether it's in your heart. But when it's in your heart and it's in your mouth, it is a powerful force at work. Now, again, the reason why some people mess up and I've messed up is because it's in my heart, but I ain't, it ain't in my mouth. And but mostly, sometimes it may be in my mouth, but it ain't in my heart. I'm saying something good. I ha- I'm doing the hallelujahs and the praise the Lord, and everybody thinks everything's good, but inside I ain't believing. Now, who who can be honest before God in this service and say I've been there? I've been there. I've done it many times. But man, I'm telling you, there's a few times in life where I had it here, I spoke it out, and bam! I'm telling you, almost before I could believe it, it took place. In fact, I'll, real quick, when I bought that truck, I'd been looking for trucks for months. And Lisa talked me into just getting what I wanted because I was downsizing everything. Let's say, she said, just get what you want. She said, your daddy would want you to enjoy that. Get, get what you want. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I mean, and every time I found something, it's in Eufaula, Alabama, Richmond, Virginia. I ain't driving six, eight hours to go look at a truck I might not drive home in. Can I have an name? That's a waste of time. The angels of God, the goodness of God knows where a truck is near me and he can get it to me. Can I have an amen? So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Finally, one day I look and I just, I got so aggravated with it. I was in my office, which was in the garage. I just slammed down on, I said, God, I said, I am tired. There was something rose in me. I said, I am tired of looking. I ain't gonna look again. I said, you know where I, what I want? You know where I want it, want it to be? I said, you know how much money I want it to pay me? I said, you know where it is? I said, I just believe you right now that you can help me find it in Jesus' name. As God is my witness, I walked to the bathroom. I'm coming back in and something prompted me, check Facebook Marketplace. I sat down and found that truck in Griffin, Georgia. Everything else was so far away. It had everything I want. Here's the funny part. It's a King Ranch. I have no idea what that means. I pull up to church. Mark Wagner looked at me. He says, wow, that's a King Ranch. I said, Mark, what does that mean? He goes, buddy, that's the Mac Daddy. He goes, that's got everything. I said, well, it does have seat warmers. Can I have an amen? <laughs> but it's got something better. It's got seat coolers. Can I have an amen in the summertime? Get on that level. Oh. And so, but, but it has to be in your heart. It has to be in your mouth. When it's in those places, life changes. Now, I'm going to throw this out real quick. What's my time? Okay, five minutes. Somebody says, well, how do I get it in my heart? You start by putting it in your mouth. They work together. But you have to focus on it. Again, this isn't something we play with. Now, I had a guy in my neighborhood one time 
Now I got saved at four. I told a pastor that Friday, he goes, four, you really got saved? I said, I got saved at four. I thought I knew I was called to ministry about 10, 11, 12. I said, right through there, I debated a lot, but by 12, I knew. I said, but man, I said, I'd, I'd go, before I went to school in junior high, seventh, eighth, ninth, I'd listen to somebody preach on tape and I'd take my notes. Well, I never finished it, so when I came home from school every day, until I got a job at 16, uh, which was 10th grade, every day I'd come home, get off the bus, I'd come in, I'd finish my tape, taking my notes, and then I'd do my homework. And I hated doing that because sometimes I had a lot of homework. Because in case you haven't noticed, I like to joke. Can I have an amen? So sometimes I had homework. And uh, a lot of times I had homework. But I started making myself study. So I'm talking to this guy in my neighborhood. He's a great guy, just a great guy. I love him. And a uh, real true Southern gentleman guy. And uh, he looked at me and he said something one day. And he's, he's a strong Christian. He's Baptist. Thank God for the Baptist. And he looked at me and he said something. Well, I quoted a scripture. Then he said something else. I quoted another scripture. And he said something else. I said, well, you know, it's like Acts 10, 38. I quoted that scripture. He said, man, I wish I could do that. I said, do what? He said, quote scriptures like that, preacher. Because he'll call me preacher. Quote scriptures like that preacher. I said, brother, this ain't got nothing to do with being a preacher. I said, I made up my mind when I was about 14 years old. The word of God was going to be first place and I was going to know it. I'm, I'm going to make sure I know it. I'm going to have a good answer to my account. I said, I'm not going to be found wanting and waiting. Now, when I'm 16, it got driven home because I'm being interrogated by a youth pastor. And thank God he never got to me, but he's interrogating me and two friends and they couldn't answer anything. And I couldn't answer much more. So I made up my mind, I'm not going to be at a loss next time I get answered a spiritual question. Why do you believe in this? Can I have an amen? You ought to know why you believe in this. And you should never say, well, that's what my pastor preaches or what my church teaches. Why do you believe anything? You ought to have scripture and verse for it. Well, I didn't get one amen. Oh my God, we need to wrap this puppy up. Amen, because the Baptists are getting to the restaurants. So make sure that you study it. Make sure you listen to it. Now, when I, when I first moved to Georgia, this is 01, I'm riding with Scott Reese. So this is Scott Reese's fault. And back then I did comedy banquets and everything. And I, I, I missed some of those. Those were fun. And I love making people laugh and always have. That always ministers to me. It's always pulled me out of depression and anxiety. And we're riding and I did my redneck voice. And I did this. <laughs> he just starts laughing. I said, what's wrong? He goes, that sounds just like Hank Hill. I said, who? He goes, you don't know who Hank Hill is? I said, no. He said, you've never watched that TV cartoon show called King of the Hill? I said, no, Scott. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not like you sinners, you know. He looked at me, he said, shut up. You know, I said, no, I really ain't never watched it. Because I knew the guys who made it made this other cartoon show and I never liked that. So I thought, it can't be that good. He said, man, you sound just like him. I said, you're kidding. He goes, he goes I mean, he goes, you're, you got it pretty good. So what's funny is we were, I was remodeling our downstairs bathroom. So I started, it was only on once a week. It wasn't in reruns yet. So it was on one night. And so I Lisa turned it on and we watched and I listened to it. And I thought, man, I do that voice pretty good. And so I got to where I'd walk around the house and go, huh, Bobby, let me say something to you. And I, you know, he doesn't know whatever. And I, and I started getting these little, these little patterns, you know, and something. One of them was, I would look at Luke all the time. I'd say, Luke, if you weren't my son, 
I'd hug you. You know, all these, all these stupid things and propane. Now, I haven't, I haven't, I don't watch it anymore, really. And I have nothing against it. I just don't. So I don't do it as good. But man, I got that head, that voice in my head so much. One time we were doing a youth camp in 2002. And every time I walked in the, in the cartoon, his wife's Peg. And every time I looked at Lisa, I would go, Peg, do you need any help in the propane department? She said, I would just keep doing it. And I kept, she looked at me one day, she had a spatula. She said, so help me God. You call me Peg one more time. I am going to beat you with this. I said, I love you too. And I walked off or something, you know. I had fun with it. Now here's what's funny about doing an impersonation. I got that voice in my head. It got to the point, now I can't do it right now because I don't have that voice in my head. But now when I used to travel, I got to where I wanted to do Billy Graham. Because I like, now most people in here don't even know who Billy Graham is, younger people don't. But you know, Billy Graham had that voice. There's a home for you in heaven. And he had that voice and he would do something. And I always loved this. I love the way he said two words. Winnipeg, Manitoba. The buses will be waiting. Won't you come? Won't you come on down? Now, if you know Billy Graham, that's pretty good. You know what I said? I listened to Billy Graham preach. I listened to him do those closings. I remember being a kid. I remember being watching a black and white TV set. We called it the Spider House. I'm probably three and a half to four and a half. May, I couldn't have been five. But we, we had this house called the Spider House because... It had spiders everywhere. You've not lived until a gigantic tarantula-like thing crawls out of the kitchen sink the size of the drain. A great house to move away from, amen. And so I'm watching, and he's going, he's going won't you come? He goes, Satan's wanting to gnaw at you. He's gnawing at you right now. He's, and I'm, I'm, I remember. So I got to where I got to listening to it. And I listened to it so much, I would just sometimes not even try and go, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I love doing that Manitoba. I, I would just do it. I'd be driving down the road. Manitoba. Those buses will be waiting. We want you to come. Would you come right now? Bring your friend right now. Come, come, come. And what's funny is I watched him so much, I started doing the motions. Now here's what's goofy. You know who I am? I watched him so much as a kid, preacher, and a young man, even before I knew You know, he'd always say, I don't know if I can do it. Christians are praying. We're praying. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. You do that phrase. Now, I can't do that phrase. Anymore, but he always said that. So as a young preacher, I would try to do that. I'd try to have that real serious moment. I have no idea how many times I'd say, I want Christians praying. Bowing your eyes. Let's bow our eyes right now. Bowing our eyes. Bowing our eyes. Closing our heads right now. Just close your heads. I didn't know I was doing it. And people would start laughing. I'd get so mad at everybody. I'd be t- I'm like, what is, y'all are heathen. But y'all going to hell. Just going to hell. Everybody in this church going to go to hell. Making, laughing at the altar call. What is wrong with y'all? Can I have an amen? But I listened to it so much, it came out of me. That is how you get the word of God in you. Now, I had a minister tell me one time, and this is profound. I was a young preacher. He says, you need to do something. He said, what? Because I love John Osteen, Joel's dad. I love John Osteen. I've all, I still have hundreds of his messages. And I've listened to some of them so many times, I, can, I, can, I know what he's gonna say, I know what he's gonna tell. But I noticed, the more I listened to him, the more I started preaching like him. And one thing John always did, he'd always stand back like this. That's just who he was. Now, now Jesus said, well, I'm preaching one day and I just, I don't ever stand like this. Can I have an amen? I'm not trying to stand real tall and erect all the time. I'm not that tall, but he was a short man. So he would do that to look better on camera. I listened to it so much, I watched it. He said, he goes, if you're a preacher, you need to listen to three preachers. He said, that way you don't adopt one style too much. Because who's ever met somebody who only loves Bethel music? 
and they love Bethel music and they listen to Bethel music and they play Bethel music and if they sing and worship, they sing and worship Bethel music. You know what they sound like after a while? Bethel music. Why? That's the only thing they feed themselves. Now see again, here's the hard part and why in my opinion, some Christians don't like this type of preaching. I'm making requirements of you. If you wanna know the word of God, you have to put some effort in it. If you wanna receive a word from the Lord, you have to put some effort in it. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 that the word of God is life to those that find them. It did not say life to those is thrust upon them. You have to be looking. You have to be searching. That's why you have to be. But once you know the word of the Lord, it ought to be in your mouth. It ought to be growing in your heart. I'll throw this out as a closer. If it's not totally in your heart yet, keep it in your mouth and it will be. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But Jesus said, as a man speaks, so is he. So if you'll speak it, it'll become in your heart. That's why a parent and mamas should always tell their kids, who's ever watched that movie, The Help? I love that movie. And I can't remember the phrase, but I love how that lady, I always told that baby. You was wise, you was kind. I love that. But who's ever watched a parent? You can't do that. What's wrong with you? What do you get that child saying? I can't do that. So you don't ever do that. Don't get, give them hope. But, but you keep the word of God. And like, so why did David look at all his men and say, we're gonna pursue, we're gonna overcome, and we're gonna recover. Amen. You really think we are? We're gonna pursue, we're gonna overcome, we're gonna recover. And as they start doing that, a third of his men, 200 out of the six, they get tired. Well, I don't mean this wrong. We're about to go to battle. I want every hand on deck. Can I have an amen? I want, if you're breathing, fight. Do something, crawl. What did David do? He let them 200 rest. Why? He had the word of the Lord. We shall pursue, we shall overcome, and we shall recover. And you know what they did? They pursued, they overcame, and they recovered. Now here's the other thing. Within a day and a half, he was king of Israel. His worst defeat in his life came right as he became king. So don't you ever give up no matter what it looks like no matter how bad it looks because Jesus is always faithful can I have an amen? amen but keep it in your mouth and keep it in your heart it has to be in both places amen. and don't give me that well if the Lord wants it to happen it'll happen I'm, I'm gonna throw this out if he's given you the ability to make those promises come to pass what are you waiting on I mean, what did Elisha do? He watches the man of God go to heaven. Man of God had told him, he said, you watch me go up and you can have a double portion. The mantle that he wore falls off. What did Elisha do? He grabbed that mantle, he picked it up, he walked right to the edge of the Jordan. He goes and he hits it. He said, where is the God of Elijah? And the water parted. And it says all the prophets who are afar off, like we're wow. There's always people in life who are far off who will never encourage you. But Elisha did not walk to the side of the river and go, Lord, if it's your will, let this happen. No, he had obeyed the word of the Lord. If you see me go up, you can have the double portion. And then he acted on it. So you have a right to believe that God is at work in your life. That's why last night when I went to bed, I was believing, knowing them angels was a working in Luke's behalf. 
Them angels and God's healing power is a working in Tony Lee Park's eye. Them angels is working in, um, and then the healing power of God's working in Joe Collins. That the goodness of God is working in Karen King's family. Can I have an amen? That the goodness of God is working in Ben. In fact, for those two families, Ben and your family, I prayed for a special um, uh, divine spirit of grace. You remember that? Anointing of grace to hit them during this time. And you know what? And I know he's done it in Ben's life, but I believe that. I'm not surprised that it's happening. Can I have an amen? amen. Why? Because the word of God works. So bow your head, close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for your promise and your goodness to us. Everybody pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus' name that you are real and that you are Lord, that you are alive inside my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart according to the word of God. Jesus is in my heart and he is in my mouth and I speak of what I believe. Jesus is Lord. I am healed. I am whole. And you meet my needs. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right, on this wonderful Mother's Day, we honor all mothers here, of course. It came to me, I read, I read something about, and they were talking about mothers that are with us and mothers that are not. So I had to uh, rejoice that mine is still with me. And she's sitting on the back row, but she's still here, right? That's okay. So I, it hit me, I said, you know, today, if your mother are with you, we will wait on your mother, right? We'll take care of them, all right? We'll do what we need. We need to honor them, right? The last thing Jesus did on the cross, one of the last things he did hanging on the cross for us was to assign disciple John to take care of his mother. Here he is hanging, sins of the world upon him, beaten, crown of thorns, bruised. He remembered so no other, we can't think about that. So today we wait on mother. If your mother's not here, if she has already gone to be with the Lord, she's waiting on you. So either way, don't disappoint because when mama gets mad about stuff, boy, whew, wow, you run for the hills. So don't mess up waiting on her today and don't mess up her waiting on you there, right? All right, we got announcements. Kind of downshift from that one, all right? That's a whole sermon there for you. Announcement for this week, we have any? I think I caught them off guard. All right, I guess there's none. <laughs> the blank screen announcement. I know we have one coming up. There we go. Small group, I know there's at least one up here. Uh, small group, these are very good on Wednesday night. I always encourage everyone to watch these. Usually I catch them a little later because um, uh, usually I'm, I'm at work. But a small group meets on, I'm sorry, this is the morning. Small group, 9.45 to 10.30 on, on, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, those are good. And there's usually donuts, so it's like really, really good, right? All right, and we already had this. We did this uh, uh, actually yesterday, first Saturday. Uh, no, it was last Saturday, sorry. Women's group, always good. I never get to sit in on them anymore for some reason. I come, but you know, they kick me out, so it's never mind. Uh, every Wednesday, this is what I was talking about. I usually catch these a little later. Uh, on the Facebook, these are very good. The pastor puts a lot of time, effort, prayer into these. So I encourage everyone to join. And it's not quite goodbye yet. We have one more. It just, I don't have a slide for this. Uh, put in your calendars on uh, May 27th. 
May 27th from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. We will be going back to the uh, armchar, amchar pistol range. Those of you that were in the gun safety class a few uh, weeks ago, about a month or so ago, uh, this is your opportunity to practice what we uh, learned in, in the class. So 10, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the 27th, we'll try to get a slide up for next week. So when you buy Ma that new pistol today, yay, right? Then you can bring her in two weeks and then you can go shoot it, right? Everybody's gonna do that? Who, who's, okay, the only one that did that. All right, let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for every mother present, Lord, every mother that is waiting for us, Lord, in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for their love, their sacrifice, and the joy they give to us. We go now forth to spread your word and spread the joy of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>